there's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonabello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonabello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonabella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. Now it's time for a plant fact. Everyone loves lilacs, but there's more to them than meets the eye. Their scientific name is syringa, which derives from the Greek word syrinx for panpipes. This is because their stems are filled with a spongy pith that can be removed and the hollow wood played like a flute. You can get your own lilac or any of the award-winning Proven Winners flowering shrubs at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. All Hit Radio Welcome to the X-Zone A place where fact is fiction And fiction is reality Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. As uh, everyone is well aware, there have been uh, certain uh, happenings today in Ottawa, Canada's capital, with uh, a terrorist attack. Not only were the life of a young soldier who was guarding the tomb of the, un- the unnamed soldier was uh, taken down by a terrorist, but also the uh, terrorist then fled, ran into the House of Commons, where he was, uh, you know, finally taken down by the sergeant at arms there. For most of the day, the uh, the police in Ottawa believed there might have been a second shooter, but according to what we are learning now, police are starting to um, ease the lockdown of the parliament and uh, much of downtown Ottawa because they are now they are now working on the assumption that there, this was a lone gunman. So that's where it stands today. If President, I, I should say, if Prime Minister Harper's press conference uh, does start during this hour, we will go directly to it. My guest this hour is Lisa Vunk. She is a spiritual awakening facilitator, conscious evolution coach, healer, social and spiritual activist, change agent, and author of Transcendence, Dawn, soon to be published by Balboa Press. She is grateful to have survived her path to be here in these transformational times. And joining me now is Lisa Vunk. And what are these transitional times, Lisa? <laughs> well, I think we're getting a really good dose of it today right here in mm-hmm. your capital in Ottawa today there, Rob. Um, centropic chaos everywhere. That <laughs> would be the simplest way for me to say it. Um. What started you on your quest into the into the spiritual work you're doing? Uh, well, it's 
kind of been a lifelong quest. I was born um, a very di- different child with a lot of gifts, um, mm-hmm. clairsentience, clairaudience, clairvoyance, claircognizance, these kinds of things. And I was born into a very dysfunctional family uh, that was a product of our um, societies. The culture, I, I would actually say better the word, is social engineering of our culture over here in the United States, especially around the 50s after World War II and that kind of thing. And um, a series of many different events, not only regarding my childhood, mm-hmm. but uh, what I would say are the natural uh, occurring way that our society is now structured because of that social engineering. Our school system, our education system, combined with growing up in a very wealthy elite island, created a really unique set of circumstances for me to have some really very interesting experiences. What makes you believe or think that society underwent social engineering? Well, I I was a scientist first and foremost. I had gone to school for genetic engineering on Mm -hmm. scholarship and actually dropped out because my heart really wasn't in it. I had wanted to be an artist. Um, and after many years of actually working as a model and then a private chef and caterer on the vineyard, I ended up quite ill with chronic fatigue, lupus, and carpal tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then as well, pregnant after being told I couldn't bear children for 13 years without birth control. And I found myself dying and being given like maybe a couple of years to live with very limited abilities. And I wasn't really ready to settle for that. And I found a practitioner who was a chiropractor and then an acupuncturist who took me under their wing and really exposed me to old school nutrition and vibrational medicines and meditation. And I found shamanism. And I left everything I had in New Orleans Vineyard and followed my spirit out to Sedona, Arizona. And it began a long journey of studying many different things, including the social engineering of our uh, populace, not only here in America, but worldwide. And I believe it's, it started over here after World War II, really, with all the Nazis coming over and a lot of our government research regarding mind control and things like that, everything from studying the behavior of rats when they created certain uh, stimuli and, mm-hmm. and pain, and that when it, was, when it was random, the rats wouldn't attack the um, supplier of the pain or the stimulus, they would attack each other. And then there's a lot more. It goes into the mind control and drug experiments of the military, et cetera, et cetera. You do a lot of this on your show. But it's, <laughs> I've listened it, to your show but it's all, many years. But it's, I, always I good to get, it's always good to get somebody else's perspective. That's why we ask the questions, and this is why we bring very interesting guests like you on the show, so that we can share your outlooks with the rest of the world. Lisa, stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exonation, my guest this hour is Lisa Vunk, and her website is Rain... Let me see. Um, geez, where did they put your website for, for me, Lisa? What's your website, hon? <laughs> Transcendent.us, and it's with an A-N-C-E, Transcendent. Right. Okay. Well, you and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues right here from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And uh, Lisa and I will be back discussing spirituality and much more as we continue 
Whatever you do, don't go away. We'll be right back after this break. Exonation, Lisa Vunk is my special guest of this hour, www.transcendence.us, and that's T-R-A-N-S-C-E-N-D-A-N-C-E dot U-S. Uh, Lisa, what is a spiritual rainbow warrior goddess of the light, and uh, how does, you know, what is it, and how did you become associated with that title? Um, it's, it's actually funny it came a little piece by piece i certainly never thought it was something that i my ego or <laughs> mind ever would have mm-hmm. created but um i had told you in the beginning of the probably the biggest spiritual transformation i had around yep. the birth of my son at 36 i had moved out to sedona arizona and was really getting into a new kind of science and as well as spirituality and i found the hopi prophecy of the hopi elders regarding the rainbow warriors and that there would be times when the earth was dying and the birds were falling out of the sky and the rainbow warriors would arise of every creed and color to heal the earth and bring back the old ways and new ways. And it started with that, and uh, it just built through my meditation. I get a lot of things through source, piece by piece by piece, and it builds up to that. And uh, that's simple. (laughs) So, So are you the spiritual rainbow warrior goddess of the light? <laughs> I'm one of a legion of us that are here, and uh, in addition to the rainbow warriors, mm-hmm. I use the term goddess, and it's a capital G-O-D, then a capital D-E-S-S, and it's spelt and em- um, emphasized that way to symbolize the balance of the divine masculine and feminine within every being, whether they're incarnate as a man or a woman. And it's really important, especially now, because the world is our mirror. And I'm a core scientist, as I was starting to say. I didn't fall into spirituality in the whole woo-woo, love and light kind of new age manner. I really was a hardcore skeptic. And when I shifted, I backed everything up with science, including quantum physics, which now proves God exists and we're it. So... (laughs) It's really important that our world that we see as a mirror is simply a reflection of our external hard drive. It's just like a computer. What we put inside Mm -hmm. the hard drive is what you see on the screen, only it's affected by our collective perspective. So so garbage in, garbage out. (laughs) Something like that. Or great in and great out. So so tell me, as a scientist, how did you justify calling yourself a goddess? Um, I didn't justify myself calling myself a goddess with my with my left brain. It was after a full kundalini awakening and many years of samadhi states, after many years of that and practicing of shamanic journeying and things. And I realized that it was about modeling uh, to come back into my own power and, and honoring what the truth of my experience was empirically. With, and taking into full extent and account that I would be laughed at by the rational left-brain populace. But what doesn't kill you makes mm-hmm. you stronger. <laughs> so they say. Um, what are your responsibilities as a goddess? Um, what they are for all of us. It doesn't matter these labels we use. It's just a catchy one that really helps me hammer home, which is one of my 
personal priorities, which is what I do in my practice as well, is to help people balance our mm-hmm. left and right brain in our divine masculine. And when we do that, it, it helps us fire our corpus callosum, and then we access our prefrontal cortex. And we also only utilize about 20 of a potential 64 DNA codons. And of those codons are all the the active parts of our divine human blueprint that are yet to be activated and activating in some individuals. So it's it's a whole bigger picture. It sounds like a fun, playful mm-hmm. word, but I really back it up for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but, I, all right, I, I, underst- I understand what you're saying about it being a powerful word, but... And you say it has nothing to do with the ego, but if it has nothing to do with the ego, why wouldn't you just be Lisa Elisa Funk? Why would you have to use a spiritual name with the word goddess in it? Well, that's actually what I do professionally. It's more just a playful name tag because everybody has something. It kind of got branded onto me and um, it's stuck. You know, on, even when I was as an activist on Facebook, people have like these long terms like William Elohim, Raphael, Yeshua. I'm just Lisa Vunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you're also, you, you're, you also tag yourself as a goddess. I tag everyone as a goddess. I call everyone a goddess to remind them of their divinity. And we've given our power away, and that's mm-hmm. why we're looking at what we're observing in the world today, that you're getting a front row seat of in Ottawa. I mean, are the powers that were, as I would refer to them, have mm-hmm. literally, uh, we are in the end of a very patriarchal age, after having had a, a, an age of matriarchy for many, many centuries, and then a patriarchal one, we are at the end of an, in, another cycle of imbalance of power. And now it's time for us to come forth and balance our masculine and divine feminine energy. And it is divine. It's not man. Man is not lower. We are all equal. And we have to own our divinity and our power so that it's not abused and used against us as it has been and is being now in Ottawa. It almost sounds as if this New Age spirituality is, is just a continuation except a new word of the hippie movement. Make love, not war. Well, that's a really great message that could come back more. <laughs> I actually did a video on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literally, if, if everybody, uh, if women were allowed, we weren't, didn't have guilt and shame about our sexuality, if we weren't taught so that our natural bodies were shameful, if we weren't pummeled constantly by the mainstream media with what sex is and it's a cheap fix and it's another drug or the the religious doctrines and dogma about shaming ourselves about our power and our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Our sexuality is one of the greatest powers of creation. It's not just creation. We can create multiverses, universes. We create the world. We're not omnipotent over every being in the, in the multiverse. We are a cell or a pixel of God and all of it and how we act is reflected infinitely. So we need to remember to, and learn to reclaim our power and stop giving away the, um, our lack of accountability for taking it back so that we can change the world that we're living in. Each one of us takes back our own power and balances that we contribute to the whole and do literally co-create a new earth. And that's not anything woo-woo. And praying and chanting and candles and mantras, they're all well and good. The power of a whole group of people meditating, yeah, mm-hmm. and I do too, collectively, is very powerful. The HeartMath Institute is measuring it and following it. 
We know that when 2,000 plus people were meditating in Chicago, crime rates dropped by 70%. Well, that's be, like that's because all the crooks were, uh, were meditating. That's why that happened. <laughs> yeah, meditating on how to crack the lock. <laughs> yeah, there you go, you see. Um, you mentioned that you had a kund- uh, kundalini experience. What is that? Um, well, kundalini it literally means uh, coiled serpent mm-hmm. in Sanskrit. It goes through many different cultures all over the world. It's everywhere. Right. It's written about in every, every doctrine, and it literally um, is uh, the serpent energy. It's resemblant of the caduceus of the American Medical Association. You know, the staff. Yep symbolic of your mm-hmm. shumna, which is where your seven chakras lie in your body. And that energy has a divine masculine and feminine, the Ida and the Sala. And they arise through either um, meditation practice or some kind of martial arts practice or yoga practice. They're activated as well as sometimes by grace and without knowing or intention at all. And they meet in your pineal gland and make it produce DMT, dimethyltryptamine, a hallucinogen. And you have an experience similar to that, which is allegedly what Christ experienced for 44 days in the desert. So that's a quick summarization of it. But it does. It activates your left and your right brain and all the dark parts of your brain. And you are God and one with God. I saw multiple different realms. I saw different timelines. I had... I could hear people a lot more. It's completely ineffable. I can try to explain it for hours and I'll never completely... As many other people who have over the centuries. Was this drug-induced? It was not drug-induced whatsoever. It was purely natural. Mm. I had not even taken a Tylenol in about uh, 10 years at the time. Why I was asking that is because I know that uh, some of the First Nations in the Midwest and uh, towards the southwest of the United States used to use peyote in order to have a Kundalini experience. Yes, peyote is one of the entheogens, or mm-hmm. what they refer to as teacher plants. Yeah. Um, it's, there's peyote, there's San Pedro, there's ayahuasca, iboga, there's various different uh, DMT, dimethyltryptamine, mm-hmm. although that's yeah. not a naturally occurring one. They make that one. Yeah. It does produce the same type of experience. Yeah, and um, so Sorry. what is your profession? I, I, I know that... In your bio, it says that you're a spiritual awakening facilitator, a conscious evolution coach, a healer, a social and spiritual activist, change agent, and author. What's a change agent? Well, do you want me to start with the change agent? Because all the careers I've had prior evolved into this this particular title. But a change agent is simply someone, as I said, a social and spiritual activist. Mm -hmm. I'm here, and that also ties into the Rainbow Warrior. I'm here and I incarnated on this earth, in this lifetime, in this time, purposely, to help bring back the consciousness, that we, the remembrance of who we truly are, and the wisdom of our connection to nature and our powers of creation, and to co-create a new earth, that we don't have to live with the reality that we've been taught that this is our only option, or that we have to go into some transhumanistic agenda. You know, I actually sat down with Chris Weil and Michael Rupert and had a really interesting conversation about that one. But it's really about we create our reality. It's not something that serves us piecemeal. You don't sit down on the television and make yourself at the beck and call of 200 plus broadcast channels. We get to co-create what we see on our screen. And we've been lied to and disempowered so long about who and what we are 
and what we're capable of, uh, but this is what we're creating because most people are in complete cognitive dissonance and, or in complete fear and denial, consciously or unconsciously, both exist. And it's time for us to take it back and model what is an appropriate way of being and how we're supposed to be caretakers of the earth and fellows with all of us on it. Lisa, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Lisa Funk is our guest. Uh, her website is www.transcendence.us, and that's T-R-A-N-S-C-E-N-D-A-N-C-E dot U-S. And Lisa and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio. And you can listen to the Exxon Radio Show 724-365 at www.exxonradiotv.com. I'm Rob McConnell, and welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Today on the X-Zone, the Roswell Crash of 1947. In July of 1947, something crashed near the small town of Roswell, New Mexico. That something is believed to have been a flying saucer by millions of UFO enthusiasts around the world headed by nuclear physicist Stanton Friedman. Now, Friedman has never seen any physical evidence of the alien craft or the remains of its alien occupants. Are you ready for spring? Well, now's the perfect time to head out to your local garden center and pick up a hydrangea from Proven Winners to add to your landscape. Proven Winners hydrangeas are gorgeous and simple to care for. There's just no better or easier way to enjoy a flower-filled summer. Take the time to plant one now and look forward to years of enjoyment and compliments. Look for Proven Winners hydrangeas in the white containers at your favorite garden center but bases his belief on the stories that he has heard from locals and townspeople alike. According to the United States Air Force and other government agencies, the Roswell incident was not a crashed alien ship. Friedman and his followers insist to this very day that the governments of the world are covering up the fact that the aliens are here and that the denial of the UFO crash at Roswell, New Mexico is proof of this global government cover-up. Join me, Rob McConnell, for another story from the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology when next we meet in the X-Zone, the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Welcome back, everyone. Lisa Funk is our special guest this hour. Her website is www.transcendence.us. Lisa... Hypothetical question here. What happens if you're wrong about all this spirituality and that it's just a passing phase and that once the phase passes, it's back to earth reality as so many people believe it, is, believe it to be? Well, that's a really interesting question to ask me because what if I was wrong? Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't answer for anybody else but myself. And I'm a hardcore empiricist and my personal experience is never going to be changed. My Kundalini experience. Mm -hmm. And I had done a lot of things prior to that, but my Kundalini experience and the experiences I've had for the last four and a half years since with my brain evolving and the capacity and gifts that I have, there's no denying them for me. 
But that's my experience, and I would right. never ask anyone to believe me. I, I All I do is inspire and encourage you to check yours. Check your belief system. Check your experience. We, we check into the beliefs that were imposed on you by your mm-hmm. family, your culture, your religion, your society. Did you agree to them, or were they just subconsciously adopted because it was convenient or it made you socially acceptable? I agreed These to them. Of things. I agreed to them. You did? Yeah. Passively or actively? Actively. Wonderful. So, so but tell, for me, the personal experience isn't separate from so, a rational experience. So, so tell me, how does your family, uh, is your family in agreement with you? Is your husband in agreement? Is your son in agreement? Well, I've never been married. Okay. <laughs> and as far as my family, absolutely not. No, Actually, I... I'm completely estranged from my family and my son as a result of it due to my family's belief systems and mm-hmm. shut down capacity. Uh, My mother used to be a... Go ahead. No, your mother used to be a... She used to be an agent for the Department of Children and Families, and she was very... came from a very abusive family herself. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of, you know, screened. They they screened people who were victims, uh, especially with a lot of sexual abuse in the family, because they are yes men and they behave. And after I had gone out to Sedona and I got into my spirituality and also my research on what I call the big picture regarding uh, the powers that were in our fraudulent criminal um, fiat money system and our healthcare system, which is nothing more than population control and genocide disguised as disease management, never mind healthcare, well, well, let, 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 let me just cut it through a bit of a chase here. It sounds like you're a very dissatisfied person with the way the government is run the way that religious philosophies are run the way the the family the family units are run uh, have you yourself ever run for any political office where you could actually make changes <laughs> you know, that's funny you say that actually i grew up in martha's vineyard and i've met many of them mm-hmm. and none of them would ever I, i'm sure ever even be seen on my arm or would i have been um popular running for political office no i haven't and i'm not upset at all. I think it's all played out perfectly because what we have been served is a beautiful lesson, an appropriate lesson in the inappropriate use of power. And but that, I don't but believe... That's, but you see, that's your opinion. There are many, many, yes. many people who would disagree with you. Oh, I'm not concerned about that. I'm only concerned about speaking my truth, as you said, the way the way you interview mm-hmm. all different types of people on your show. Sure. It's very important to have all the voices at the table and I think that there are certain voices that have not been heard unless they've been put in a very unpopular skew but I mean I literally come from Martha's Vineyard where George Soros and I've, I've served I've worked and served on the Clintons mm-hmm. for the Clintons both Hillary and uh, Bill I made his birthday vegan pie for his hoedown a couple summers ago wow. um, I know that no, I, I have a unique experience for having walked with kings and paupers much my life and I'm not saying making someone a politician makes them a bad person. To be quite honest, I think many people have gotten into the uh, politics, including like Elizabeth Warren, who I met a couple summers ago. Um, but when you get there, you find out what's going on and you try to make change. Either you are bought out or your family's threatened and you don't have any choices. There is a big, deep system and it's not just politics. It's not the government. The government is simply the puppet 
through which our the powers that were, as I refer to them, mm-hmm. an elite family with the crown, the, the crown of England, the Vatican, the black folks, the Jesuits behind, it run everything, the whole economic hitman system and the war machine through which they dictate policy all over the world. Have and you, their day is done. So, so tell me, what's the big, what's the big attraction to Sedona, Arizona? I've been there, and I, it's a nice little town, but I wouldn't want to live there. You know, it's funny, when I ended up there, I had never heard of it. I literally did a meditation after going to cook raw foods for a woman who I had met in Mexico where I got my my mercury out of my mouth because it was illegal in this country at the time. Right. And I did a meditation. She had been very ill and, like, hadn't even eaten in about two months. And there was nothing for me. Yeah, there was nothing for me to do there. So I did a meditation on where to go. And I literally heard Sedona, and I spelled it S. A A D O N A because I didn't I had didn't see it in my head and mm-hmm. I'd never heard of it and it was only a couple hours drive and I went through it thinking I was going on to my way to Hawaii and that's how I got there but as far as I didn't know until I got there it was considered the quote unquote hippy hippy healing capital of the world but right. there is a lot of right. interesting energy and a lot of really it's kind of like that bar and that what was that book about something about the edge of the galaxy. <laughs> Maybe out of Star Wars, there's people from all over the place, and it mm-hmm. looks like Mars, and not everyone seems like they're necessarily from this planet. <laughs> is is there something super spiritual about it? I wouldn't put that word on it. For me, what I found very interesting, it was mm-hmm. very similar to Mars, where I was from, as far as the dynamic of how many people live there to how much the tourism was to how small the populace and the level of income spiritually. I think it was black and white. There's either people who are just waking up and it, mm-hmm. it's kind of a catalytic energy that way, or they're, they're way closed and they're literally got their grocery cart upside down, spinning the wheels, hot crystal meth and boshes. <laughs> there's not much in between. <laughs> Very extreme. Um, you classify yourself as a spiritual awakening facilitator. Now, how do you facilitate someone into having their spiritual awakening? Excellent question. And I, I use the word facilitator for a reason, because just like a healer, mm-hmm. um, I don't heal anyone. All a healer, a true healer does is um, help someone awaken their own healer within and inspire and reintroduce them to energies and their talents. As a spiritual awakening facilitator, I am just there as a support person mm-hmm. and a balancing board for anyone undergoing, either choosing to go through spiritual warriorship or actually going through uh, a kundalini, which can result not only in just spiritual emergence, but spiritual emergency. And because our country has lost, specifically our healthcare system, has lost the wisdom of that experience and considers it a mental illness. It's even listed as under spiritual or religious problems in the DSM-5, B62.89. And drugs, someone under that influence, which is extremely dangerous um, for the person because your body and your chemistry is much more sensitive than even normal. Um, So I'm I'm a support person. We used to have ashrams (laughs) and used to be able to go get a diksha. And you still can over in the East, but we don't have any of that over here. So I am more like a spiritual, holistic therapist. I do not work in reliving the same old uh, habits over and over again. I'm there to do shadow work. I go in and help you dig out and hold space for your uncomfortable emotions to purify and eradicate them so you're not forced to keep facing them externally in the world. Now, what does that mean in English? 
I help people slay their own inner dragons or get rid of the baggage they have on, on their back that they're not aware of stuffed in their closet. Gotcha. What is, is a conscious evolution good? coach? Um, conscious evolution coach is a certification I got through a group. There was a shift network that came up with about uh, prior to 2012 and conscious evolution coaching was a, um, a nine month program I did which uh, exposed people of all different walks of careers that were looking to add something to their toolkit. And what it was was an exposure of a very left-brain format of five different steps of going through a healing process from finding stuffed emotional and suppressed energies and experiences and habits and belief systems through evolving beliefs which means finding your self-limiting beliefs that you have subconsciously programmed in order to rewire that to help you create a more empowered life. It's just a certification. I really don't need nor care to have any certifications, but I put it out there because some people still want them. Is it like NLP? No, neuro-linguistic programming is different. That um, I've done a lot of vibrational uh, medicine and, and neurological uh, processes that I've studied, but... I really have a lot of that left brain stuff in my head and I use a lot of the, um, well, I don't use like any of the vibrational medicine machines like the QXCI. I use mostly crystals and essential oils and uh, dietary protocols and things like this. I do do mantra uh, and chanting and movement as medicine, certain poses and uh, brain gym, things like that. But I, I pretty much don't, work with the neuro-linguistic programming as far as it's uh, registered for protocol for licensing or anything like that, no. So would you say that conscious evolution coaching could also be misinterpreted as brain control, mind control? Oh, anything can be misinterpreted as that, and there's a lot of that going on, um, which is really a great question because what I'm always addressing with people who are challenged and I've been through my through my troll programming in, in chill 501 on, on Facebook and Twitter and these kinds of things and that is I don't I don't really try to prove or disprove anything anymore I seek my truth and how I came to my conclusions by sharing what I believe and I don't I leave it to you to go find your own research I mean I've done my research on vaccines I've done my research on GMOs I know all this stuff, and you know what? I'm not really interested. If you want to go kill yourself, go ahead. But you know right. what? You're part of me, and I'm going to try to expose you to it so that you'll be at least curious to go find that on your own. Why didn't you ever try to become a doctor, a legitimate doctor, a member of the medical community? It seems well, like actually, you love science. Well, I wanted to be a vet when I was a little girl, but mm -hmm. then I... I did, and I have an IQ of 168, which is, like, ridiculous, without even trying. Um, but I'm really glad because I, I would have been working for Monsatan, as I call them, Monsanto, <laughs> you know, Syngenta or someone like that. Um, and but but tell, I, tell really, me why, you didn't, I, why didn't you pursue a professional career as a healthcare professional or a mental health professional? Well, that's kind of what I am now. I, one, of the, one of the things I do is I, I help people who become victims of the mental health care system. I, a, I survived it, and I'm grateful that I did not go completely, because otherwise I would have been completely invested the same way a lot of people really are. 
And when you've spent a tremendous amount of money and then you're locked into a licensure where you're the one held accountable, not the vaccine that's been murdering your, and destroying your patients for 30 years, that's a really, I mean, I, I would never have wanted to have been a pediatrician to find out that thinking I helped all these children. Yeah, but you, you, you know what? I, I, I've heard these children. stories over the years and I always people come on the show and they always talk about the negative effects but they never talk about the number of lives that these vaccines have saved they've never talked about the positive that companies and corporations like Monsanto and Big Pharma have actually done good with they're very fast including yourself very fast condemned what, what, do, you, what do you think they've done delineate delineate the positives for me I'll try to think of them well, you, you rem remind me of some that I may have forgotten, but vaccines I see as nothing more than a biological weapon that destroys our immune system. They, they were given the credit for eradicating childhood diseases when actually childhood mm -hmm. diseases have a lifespan of their own. And they only create, they only destroy our but this immune is system. But this is coming data. from you as a scientist, not a member of the medical profession. Right. That's your belief. And you have I, no I, credentials to back anything that you're saying up when it comes to the negative effect of vaccines, the negative effects of the mental health industry. These well, are your beliefs. You're, you're, not a, you're not a PhD. Yeah, yeah. You're not a PhD. You're not an MD. No. Nope. So I'm glad I'm not. what gives you the authority to talk with the conviction that you do? My own personal experience and research. And I, as I said, went to mm -hmm. school for genetics. And I'm glad I got out of genetics when I did. But if I had had Dr. Bruce Lipton, the father of, as they call it, epigenetics, yeah. I certainly would have stayed in. I just, I, and I got into the healthcare field when I got, I practiced as a holistic nutritional consultant for years and helped mm -hmm. people reverse chronic degenerative disease like cancer and MS and lupus, the detoxing protocols. Um, cancer is just an industry. It's a fungus and there's many different ways to eradicate it. I work with people with rice machines and all that. But I know if, a lot about if this, if this is the, If this is true, and I've heard this from hand-on healers, I've heard this from other members of the alternative medical community, and I have a very simple question for them. Lisa, the, the you've gone to a hospital and tried to a lot of the new procedures. And they say that no. Both and I science and, and big pharma and, and major pharmaceuticals, um, I, I as well as the medical professional, are coming out today. To to science is always changing. Medicine is always changing. Pharmaceuticals. Listen, I've, 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 I've got to take. I've got to take a break here. We'll be back a very shortly. In Exonation, the United Kingdom. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour. A doctor in Poland who were able to get a paralyzed man to walk again. To me, that's a miracle. When I hear of doctors, big pharma, and other corporations busting their humps in order to find a cure for Ebola and other diseases that are that are, you know, happening in this world today. I hear that and I say, you know what? They're trying. It's going to work. There's hope for this world. When 9-11 happened. You saw first responders, you saw paramedics, you saw the medical community, you saw law enforcement, you saw the major corporations all pulling together. But I did not see any New Age practitioners. I did not see any spiritual gurus. I did not see any yogis. And I still haven't when it comes to a major world crisis. There's a lot of talk about what they do behind the scenes, 
It's just like the psychics that I've had on the show who say, oh, yeah, we knew 9-11 was going to happen. You get all this after things happen. So where do we draw the line between fact and fiction? Well, it's really interesting. I really love the point you just brought up because the one thing I was going to say that's good about allopathic medicine mm -hmm. is it's trauma. It's amazing for trauma. I cut off my head or my arm. Please go try and sew it back on. Um, as far as creating a wellness model with a pharmaceutical approach, absolutely not. Iatrogenesis, which is disease or death called by your doctor following AMA protocol, is mm -hmm. actually the number one cause of death in this country. But as far as first responders and all that, that's, that's a specific kind of approach, triage, that is actually best, I think, uh, excuse me, pulled off by the allopathic mo uh, uh, model because it's very masculine. And when there's trauma, there's no room for loving and caring and, and, and uh, being oh, I, gentle. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know. I disagree with you there. I disagree with you there because when you, when you look at what happens in an emergency room, the nurses take care of you. Say the, let me just finish. The contrary of that mm -hmm. is I don't think the masculine approach has any way or appropriateness at the birth of a living human being. Why not? We, that needs to be. Why not? Why? It's a, it's a, because it has to do with separating the woman, putting her in a sterile environment, complete strangers. There's a lot of fear. There's, a, there's no fresh air. There's no... Oh privacy mm -hmm. for the father and the mother. There's no bond. There's this very cold, not to mention the processes by which they go through are very shocking and traumatic and help, help to cause the um, social engineering the way everybody's so obedient. Hey, Lisa, so I hate to do this, but we're running out of time. We have to say so long for tonight. Lisa Vunk. I don't know what to say. From scientists to new age guru, I guess. I don't know. I'd rather have a doctor take care of me than a spiritual guide or someone who teaches spiritual awakening or conscious evolution or who claims to be a social and spiritual activist or a change agent. I'm telling you. Who would you rather call ExoNation if you're having a heart attack? 911 or a spiritual awakening facilitator? My money's on 911. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On a scale of 1 to 10, this is a 3. <laughs> 